This is the Confident Collective Podcast with your hosts, Christina Zias and Rayanne Langis, two plus-size models and body activists here to get real and candid about living your most confident life. Get ready for powerful conversations that will leave you laughing, motivated, and inspired. Hello, Rayanne. Hello, Christina. <laughs> I don't know why. Every single time I put this microphone, I was like, I'm a sex phone operator. I seriously feel so sexy when we're talking in these microphones. I know. Like, I, I know. I don't think that was sexy, actually. That was not <laughs> sexy. But um, okay, there's something I have not been able to stop thinking about. Oh, gosh. It's what is it? It's been in my dreams. Well, number one, the fact that you and Steve thought your uvula was tonsils. And the fact that you were pronouncing <laughs> uvula once you figured that out as uvulva, these you guys were sending me into hysterics. Oh my gosh. Okay. For you guys who might not know the story behind this. First of all, let me just tell you something. My husband is someone who speaks so confidently and with such conviction that even though you're like, no, that makes no sense. He somehow can convince you that he's right. Oh, 100%. And, and he somehow convinced me that your uvula, which is the dangling thing in the back of your mouth, what is your tonsil. And let's just say, this whole conversation was brought on by WAP, yeah. correct? Yeah, the Cardi B song with Megan yes. Stallion. Yeah, it started by WAP because there's a lyric in it that says... Touch that thing, 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 thing in, in the, the back, back of my throat. <laughs> exactly. Which, by the way, the amount of times I've listened to WAP, I'm like concerned for myself. I'm like, who's around me? It doesn't even matter. I freaking love it. Oh, it's a jam. It is so... I'm like, there's some hoes in, in this house. <laughs> it is so good. So anyways, we were having a conversation about that. And I was like, you know, because like, it's so funny because no one knows what that dangling thing is in the back of your throat, but everyone knows there's a dangling thing in the back of your throat. He's like, that's your tonsils. And I was like, no, it is not. And he's like, yes, it is. And he's like, I was like, no, it's not. See, that is not your tonsils. He's like, yes, it is. I had my tonsils removed and I don't have it anymore. And I was like, you had your tonsils removed? And Ryan, I'm not kidding you. When he opened his mouth and he didn't have the dangling thing there, I lost it. Did you freak? I was just like, how have we been together for 10 years? And I've never noticed this once. And then I freaked out. And then I was like so confused. And then I shared it on stories saying how I learned it was your tonsils. And everyone's like, you are very, very wrong. Absolutely not. <laughs> and also, I didn't even know what a uvula was or like ever heard of it or like knew the correct term. So I just, I don't know why we were saying it, uvulva. U- uvulva. I could not. I don't know how. I actually did know it was called your uvula. And I have no idea when or how I picked up that little piece of knowledge. But wow. Pretty much my husband and I are just super embarrassing and hot messes. And But seriously, so entertaining. I You need to have your real, own reality show. Oh my gosh. It is For so funny. Real. <sighs> He's ridiculous. But I guess... Oh, a, day so in life, <laughs> a day in the life of Steve and Christina. Oh yeah. Steve and I would definitely be a funny couple to follow around because we are both hot mess expresses, as you said. Um, Another couple that is so fun are my friends, Ashley Kennedy and Jared Haven. Uh, You've heard me talk about them a bunch. I have heard so much about them and I feel like I know them, but I've never met them in person ever. But I feel like through you, I know them. Yeah, they're some of our closest couple friends in LA. And today, Ashley Kennedy is on the podcast. So finally get to meet her in some shape or form. I'm so pumped. I've heard, like I said, so much about her and she just like exudes confidence on her Instagram and just the way that she carries herself. So I'm, I'm very, very thrilled. We had this amazing conversation with Ashley. And I think that's something that I love so much about her is that she is just 
very, very real, authentic, and vulnerable. And she is someone who will get on Instagram and show her melasma and show her like cystic acne and kind of own it and not give an F and be like, yeah, this is what I'm struggling with right now. And I feel like it takes so much confidence to do that, especially when there's millions of people following you. Yeah. And I also thought, I mean, I don't know. I have never watched The Bachelor, so I'm a Bachelor newbie. So I didn't really know Ashley's full story. But to think about her basically being ridiculed nationwide and how she has created such a successful brand for herself and did not let that, you know, tear down her confidence. I think that is so inspiring. Um, And hearing her just talk about being secure in who she is and um, being an example to women showing up completely how she is, whether it's a pimple or whatever, it's just really inspiring. Absolutely. So this whole conversation is about love, learning, accepting yourself and owning who you are. And I hope you guys love it. Should we get into it? Let's dive right in. Let's do it. Ashley is the host of the I Don't Get It podcast, the Almost Famous podcast. She's a television personality. You've seen her across the Bachelor franchise from The Bachelor to Bachelor in Paradise. She's probably the most authentic person you'll meet online and in real life and someone I'm so happy to call a friend. So welcome, Ashley. Hey guys, thank you so much for having me and what a beautiful introduction, Chris. Uh, hey. You're welcome, girl. You're <laughs> welcome. I'm so excited. I feel like right before you left, we were hanging out and now you're in Rhode Island. Are you having the best time? I'm having a great time. It's so nice because there's so many things to do out of, like outside around here that I feel like I'm having a nice little summer experience even during the COVID era. Rhode Island, I had no idea, is so beautiful. It is like the most underrated state. I went for the first time for Ashley's wedding last year. And Steve and I had the best time ever. I was so jealous of that trip. Oh it my was God, so it was good. amazing. It's very, it's a very romantic state um, where it's cute, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, there are these little towns and boutiques and you feel like it's kind of frozen in time and in spots. It's so cute. And you guys just celebrated your one year anniversary. So congratulations to you and Jared. Thanks. So um, well, congratulations on your new apartment. Oh my gosh. Thank you. I know I'll have to have you over. I cannot wait to I'm share so all the excited. details by the time you get back. Hopefully we'll have one piece of furniture in there. So wish me luck. <laughs> It'll be good. <laughs> How much are you clearing out of your own place and starting fresh? Ashley, I am. I really don't have that much furniture. We're taking like our living room and stuff like that, but we're we're trying to start fresh. She doesn't oh, have much furniture, but she has like thirteen vases that you can't get rid of. I know. And what's crazy is I counted. There's even more. I cannot. And I ordered some too. I have a problem. It's okay. <laughs> I'm slightly a hoarder. Um, it's it'll be fine. Same. It'll be fine. I find myself sentimentally attached to everything. Um, I have to like find myself in a mood where I feel like nothing in order to clean out our apartment. Oh yeah. Oh my that, God. I feel like that there. wouldn't be that easy for you. I feel like you feel a lot. I'm always, I'm always feeling. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, <laughs> when does that happen? <laughs> I, I don't know. Okay. So when I get really, really annoyed by the amount of stuff that we have, that's when that happens. <laughs> true, true, true. I'm at that point right now. Yeah. Well, Ashley, I've heard so much about you from Christina and I don't know if I know, how did you guys meet? Ashley and I have the craziest, uh, craziest story. Go, go tell it, Ashley. 
I was going to say, are you just saying this for the podcast sake or do you know how weird our meat story is? No, I actually don't. I didn't tell her. I was going to tell her before. And and Uh, I said, save it. I want to hear it on the podcast. (laughs) Okay. So in 2000 and was it 12? No. Or 13. No, it was like 11. Yeah. Because, okay. Yes. 2011. Um, I, we both like graduated college a year earlier. I was still trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Christina was, I feel like doing the same and, but we both wanted to do like entertainment broadcasting. Just like, how do you get into that? Right. So we submitted, we each submitted ourselves for uh, this catch me if you can Broadway premiere, red car- blue carpet, uh, corresponding contest. So whoever submitted like the best slash most creative video reading this script that they gave us and uploaded on YouTube and got a lot of YouTube views um, was going to go and be like an actual correspondent for the premiere. Like Hugh Jackman was going to be there. Um, There's like a lot of it. There's like a lot of A-list celebrities. And my my favorite Broadway actor, Aaron Tveit, was in the show. I was like, I need to win this. So I did the most elaborate thing where like, I went to the airport, like Frank Gabagnale. I was like, airport, hospital. And then I pretended like my dad's office was a law office because, you know, he's a doctor, lawyer, and a pilot. And then Christina was brilliant as just like, she just stood, she read the script, but in like the greatest Maria Menounos, uh, Juliana Rancic type way. I was like, okay, this girl is more talented than me. I just did like the cutesy creative approach to overcompensate. Uh, at the end of the day, like Christina came in second and I won the contest, but I reached out to her and I just said, Hey, this wanted to let you know, like I considered you my toughest convert, um, competition you were, you're, you're so good. I was definitely thinking you were going to win. And we went back and forth a little bit on, on Facebook. And then fast forward to like us following each other on Facebook for, you know, years, Mm -hmm. uh, at least six or seven years until she and I both found ourselves living in West Hollywood. I was on the show. She was a bachelor fan doing, doing, you know, all the, the chats with after buzz. She asked me to come on the show and I'm like, this is so weird. Of course I'll come on the show and meet the girl that our paths are so somehow crossing. And, uh, I, I feel bad. I haven't had Christina say anything, <laughs> No, <laughs> but the weirdest thing is we meet, we obviously like got along the moment we met, but then she goes, I can drive you home because I Ubered there. And, um, and then she goes, where do you live? And I go, well, West Hollywood. And then she goes, what street? I go, Flores. And then she says, I live on Flores. And we ended up living half a block away from each other. Wow. It, it's like meant to be. It was like our universe. Like our, we're destined to me. Our, it was so funny. And so that competition that Ashley was talking about. I was like uploaded my video so much earlier than Ashley. And I remember like I was in the lead to win. And then she came out of nowhere with this like crazy video that was like super creative and super cool. I'm like, who is this bitch? Like, <laughs> about, like stealing my I, first I was place. just like, this is ridiculous. And anyways, and then when she slid into my, she friended me and sent me that super, super nice message. I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. I was like so ready to one, be super jealous of this girl who just came out of nowhere and beat me. But it's just like a testimony to how the type of person Ashley is and 
<laughs> I guess you're uh, have better sportsmanship than I do <laughs> for sure. But it was super, super nice. And then, yeah, the fact that we lived down the block from each other in our world crossed in so many different ways. Can we yeah, still we find just, like, these? She's just, she's just somebody like, who gets me and just like one of those friendships that was so easy from the very beginning. Like, you know, as I make the little chatty things. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I'm so happy to have you as a friend. And now Ray's here as well. Um, Ashley, I was telling Ray and something that I think our audience definitely, obviously they know you so many, so many people know you from The Bachelor and from being a public figure and I think that's something that we we personally talk a lot about is like cancel culture and public scrutiny and how to handle that. And you, I mean, to be completely transparent, as you already know, you have been scrutinized like crazy over the past several years, um, just from being an online figure, from being a public figure, from being on The Bachelor. Like, how do you handle that? It's very stressful. I constantly sort of live in some sort of fear lingering in the back of my mind, not like it's in the front part of my mind, but but like somewhere in the back of my mind, every time I speak on a public platform, you're like, what if I say something that's misinterpreted? It it sounds different than how I intended. And then I'm canceled. It's super scary. And I think it actually makes for less quality content because people can't necessarily have like an honest free flowing conversation without being scared that they'll be misinterpreted. Um, as far as like the bachelor and all the scrutiny that you get being a contestant on that show, I always find that if you address it, if you talk about, if you talk about something that people have an issue with, it's going to become a bigger deal than if you just kind of ignore it and let the time go by the audience has a really short attention span. So if like one Monday you're getting all these tweets because you said this or made fun of this person, if you address it, you're just addressing it. You're just making more people aware Mm -hmm. of this thing that they get on you about. So it's just best that you let the haters hate for a little while and then let them cool off and forget about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not to like fuel the fire. Yeah. Wait, that's super interesting because I feel like I, I've seen a lot of people like in the fashion industry right now, like there's like accounts like Diet Prada trying to cancel people. And I there's someone specifically I was following who pretty much was like, I'm not addressing this. And I was like, I cannot believe they're not addressing it. But you're right. Like then people just forget about it. Yeah. And so much of the audience isn't even aware of it. It's just the hater group that can be so loud mm-hmm. to you. And like, I'll I'll look at hater message boards sometimes. And I'll be like, I can't believe that they're still talking about this, that they interpreted it like this. But I know that if I were ever to like get on my own social media and be like, look, I can't believe that these people are saying this. This is driving me insane. I I need to address it. I know that I would just be bringing it to the attention of so many other people. And then you'd have so many other voices trying to get their opinion in. And it's just like, let it be. Time time heals a lot of wounds. Not mm-hmm. all when it comes to public figures, but it can heal a lot. It still baffles me that there are people out there who like will actually take time out of their day to like comment and bring people down. I'm just like, I don't, I don't understand it. And what you said about like living in fear is something that I think I've I've been dealing with um as like someone with, you know, a much smaller platform, but even people without a platform, I think there is that like fear now 
where you're like so scared to do something wrong that you maybe don't do anything at all. And yes, yeah, there's like a lot of times where you want to say something, but then you think, oh, is that going to abandon this portion of my audience or will they think of it in a way that I didn't intend? And then you're just like, ah, you know what? At the end of the day, it's best that I just don't do anything. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely so true, but like, that's terrible. I feel Mm -hmm. like for me, I I talk a lot about this (laughs) to my close friends and family, but I, I personally have come to the point where like, I'm so sick of having to be perfect for everyone because that just does not exist. And it's not like a reality. And it's just, I feel like when you're trying so hard to please everyone, like you start abandoning who you are and like, how do you stay confident? How do you stay true to who you are? How do you like make yourself happy if you're just trying to appease everyone else? I, you, you lose yourself somewhere in that. Yeah. But I at the same like time, like there's no like right I, answer, right? Yeah. Like I said at the beginning, um, I just feel like it creates a, a poor product because then you have people like, trying it's just not honest conversations and honest conversations aren't non-honest conversations or very surface level conversations aren't very interesting to listen to when you were on the bachelor and obviously were seeking love do you feel like you had more attention or more negativity as to who you were as a person or as to like your approach to finding love because i feel like people are very critical across the board, but what, what affected you the most? Hmm. If I put myself back in that position that I was in, like if zoom back a couple years ago, I think it was the fact that people thought I was crazy (laughs) because I had a lot of emotions and like, because I was crying and like, couldn't drop the idea of being with somebody. People were like, this girl like needs medical attention like she needs to see a psychiatrist and look i'm like totally down with therapy and psychiatrists like i think they're the best but just because i cry a lot and because i because i was hurt by the person that i was totally in love with does not mean that i'm like unstable that was just (laughs) insanity because i was like if you guys put a camera in the corner of your house when somebody breaks up with you I want, I can't wait to see how like absolutely put together you are Mm -hmm. and emotionally unaffected. Like you're, you're being so hypocritical right now and you don't even realize. Oh my gosh. That's so true. I had an argument with Steve the other day and I literally was a psycho crazy woman. Like literally (laughs) I was like, ah, like screaming. Like I was crying. I was freaking out. I'm sorry. And it was like about a silly argument. So I can't imagine like, you're right. Having your heart completely broken on national television. That is a very good reference. I could not imagine. I'm like, I would, if I had a camera in my apartment after a breakup, oh my gosh, it would not yeah. be good. It would not yeah. be good. Do you- I know. And I did bring that up a couple times back in the day, like to all you people saying that I am just acting outrageous right now. Like, please, like, I can't, w- I would love to see the footage of you in my position. But how, how did you like deal with all of that and then like stay confident and stay positive and then go on for a second and third season? Cause I it's very that- easy to like, let people be like, you're crazy. You're crazy. You need like serious therapy. Like 
you should like Mm -hmm. crawl in a hole and then never want to come out of it. You know what I mean? So how did you find that confidence to be like, screw all of you? I think the benefits of the experience definitely outweigh the negative effects. I've always kind of been like somebody who didn't really care what people thought, like just by nature. I was like a girl in high school who would never like go to parties, who wouldn't even like want to go to the mall with my friends on the weekend. Like I would just like want to go to dinner with my parents. And I would just say that out loud. And my sister was like, I can't believe that we're at dinner with my parents or parents right now. This is so embarrassing. And I just like never went through that. I just never really cared. So I think like a component of my personality was good for the the scrutiny that comes with the Then I think there was the learning and growing component where like, you just, you're like put to the test and through challenges and you really become a stronger person through it all. And that's kind of a little bit addicting. And then I, I mean, like I just had a lot of fun and I had the amazing support of friends, cast members, producers, and fans. While some fans didn't understand me at all, there were a lot of Bachelor fans that resonated and related a lot with me. And I think that those people made me just be like, eh, if you don't get it, you don't get it. But like, if I'm going to represent this sect of the fandom, I'm down. Let's do it again. No, I love that. Because I feel like you can't represent everyone, but you can like stand strong for the people that you do represent. Yeah. I'd <laughs> rather like have lovers and haters and have people that like actually feel something for me than just be neutral. Mm-hmm. And I love when you said that you've always just been that kind of person who just like doesn't care if you're like at dinner with your parents instead of at a party like on the weekend, because I think that's so the opposite of most people. Um, and something that I struggle with where it's like you want you know, approval and criticism is like, it, it is hard. And I think we all kind of have to work on that, having that attitude where you're, you trust yourself, you're secure in yourself. So those critics don't have that same impact on you. Yeah. I wish I had more advice as to like not give in to peer pressure, but I've just really always been good at not giving into peer pressure in college. I used to drive home, uh, two hours home and two hours back to school every week. Cause I just didn't want to party. I went to a party school. My friends wanted to go out on the weekends. And I was like, I'd rather hang out with my mom and dad and my sister and my (laughs) friends at home. And it was just like really natural. I didn't really care. I mean, I guess there's some weekends where you're like, yeah, sorry, I'm going home again. But at the end of the day, like, I was just like, I know where I'm happiest. Yeah, but that's not to say like, you also have a lot of friends and you go out and do stuff. You're not like only hanging out with your mom and dad. But I feel like you're someone who you're like, you like what you like. Like you love music and you love going to live events and stuff like that. So I feel like you'd probably rather do that than go to like a frat party. I embrace my interests (laughs) and what makes me happy. (laughs) No, that's so important. I feel like a lot of people are scared to do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have found myself out at like a club in like my mid twenties where I'm like, I literally like, there's no other, I hate this place. Like, why am I here? And it's so easy just to like buy into that peer pressure. And I do think that just comes with like confidence in who you are and being okay saying no. Yeah. And my FOMO ass struggles with that still sometimes. What (laughs) I said, my FOMO ass still struggles with that sometimes. I'll still find myself saying yes to things and getting there and being like, oh, like, what the fuck am I doing? What am I doing here? <laughs> Steve is so good at saying no to things he doesn't want to want to go to or do. And I'm like, damn. 
I think you and I have that struggle now. It's not peer pressure to go somewhere to be cool. It's going somewhere and feeling like you need to for business reasons and networking. That's true too. Definitely. I mean, I was the girl who was 21 years old and I had posters of the Jonas Brothers in my bedroom at (laughs) at school. And I'm like, yeah, I don't care. Who was your favorite Jonas Brothers? I need to know. (laughs) Different ones for different reasons. Like, I think Kevin is the sweetest. Um, I used to have a crush on Joe, and I think uh, Nick is the coolest. Oh, my God. I was such a Nick fan. I literally chased down their tour bus after a concert once and got Nick Jonas's sweat towel, supposedly. Who really knows? I was obsessed. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm embarrassed to say, I literally did not know anything about the Jonas Brothers until I watched their documentary like a year ago. And I was was like, well, the Jonas Brothers are so cool. And they're from New Jersey. I didn't even know they were from New Jersey. You didn't? No. I don't know. Oh my God. I don't know. Since we're the same age, I don't know how you were such a big Jonas Brothers fan. Like, cause I feel like they're slightly like after my prime time, (laughs) like teenage boy bands. Kevin is technically a couple months older than me. So I felt like it was fine. Um, But yes, their fandom is a little bit younger than (laughs) I didn't care because I love all things like teeny bopper and I loved them and everything they represented. And I was, it was so overdue to have a, a boy band at that time. So when they came out, I was, when they started to really peak, I had just turned 20 and I was like, yeah, this might be a little bit old, but I really have fun with this. See, once again, we all need to be more like Ashley. If you like something, who gives a fuck about if you're too old or not cool enough, just enjoy it. Do it. If it brings you happiness, that is the lesson here. <laughs> Absolutely. At that age, I was like, okay, yeah, you guys can like be fangirls over them. I'm going to date them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, did you ever date any of them? It didn't really happen. <laughs> I was but, like, you know, I was like, wait hey, a minute. It was like inside secret stories that uh, we, the friend group got close enough to to satisfying the goals. I'll say that. All right. Well, we're gonna have to wow. friend group. We'll have to learn a little bit more about that. I am jealous. <laughs> I never told you about that. I, I I don't know, but I know you've showed me that photo of you guys like after a party. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know I know a little bit, but I'm not going to blow up the friend spot right now. <laughs> okay. Um, Ashley, something that I feel like you talk a lot about, obviously you're super authentic online and you're so good about talking about your insecurities and vulnerabilities. What is something that like as far as body image that you've really struggled with that you've been able to open up about and talk about and that's helped you? Definitely my acne. I mean, right now you're looking at me, you're like, this girl looks like she has pretty clear skin. Uh, It's pretty medicated. So I'm getting off all these things. Christina knows all about it. I've spoken to her at nauseam about it, but I am getting off. Oh my God, my last birth control pill, like ever I took, well, not ever, but for the time being. I took a couple days ago. I've been weaning down on this stuff that I, that's called spironolactone, which also helps manage uh, hormonal-based cystic acne in women. And we will see the effects of that possibly over the course of the next month. So like, it may come out. It may not be as bad as I suspect it'll be. But when I was 23, I just had this huge outburst of hormonal-based acne. And it was the type that I didn't want to leave the house. Like for five months, I was like, 
had cry if I left the house because I just felt like everybody was looking at my face and it felt like it was throbbing all the time. And even my friend said like, you know, your friends try to help you in those situations where they'll be like, did you try this? You should try that. And you're like, no, like you don't understand. Like this is totally different. Like I'm working with my dermatologist. I don't need your advice. Um, that is my biggest insecurity, but it's pretty dormant right now. So yeah. <laughs> and have you like opened up about that? And like when, when you do online, cause I know on your stories, you're just like very real, very authentic, which I admire, but has, have your, has your audience related to that? And have you seen like, what has the response been like? I've been pretty open about the fact that like I have it and that like I'm really interested in finding ways to keep it under control, whether that's a diet or skincare products or whatnot. But I posted this gigantic cyst that I had back in June and I said, I'm getting off the pill later this summer. Um, I've been on for nine years, so I haven't had to really deal with this. Um, but I'm dreading going off of it because of what makes pop up on my face and all this is a picture of a huge zip a long little story about my history with cystic acne and i got eight thousand six hundred comments wow of people just talking about how they're affected by it what's worked for them it was crazy i don't know if i've ever gotten that many comments under a picture that wasn't like me and Jared getting married or me and Jared announcing our relationship. Crazy. And people, because people can relate to those struggles. I mean, honestly, like I have a pimple right now and it's like one cystic pimple and it ruins my day when I have it. And it just affects my, it makes me super insecure and affects my confidence. So like, I completely understand. Um, How do you, like, what's your plan moving forward? Like if you are going to, obviously you're going off the pill and off of like medication, do you think that, are you preparing yourself for an outbreak or are you kind of just like, you know what, at this point, whatever, it doesn't even matter. Kind of both. Like you, like what you just said, it doesn't just like it. Sure. There's one on your face and it's like not a big deal, but then you're like, but then I put my makeup on and then it, my makeup doesn't look as good as usual. And I pride myself on my makeup looking good. And I like want to wear a cute outfit, but like, is it even worth putting on a cute outfit? And then it's just like this buildup where you get mm. into this rut where you don't feel about, good about yourself. I, what, I've been working with a naturopathic doctor um, on like an anti-acne diet, which they suggest that you get, uh, you lower your gluten, you lower your sugar, you lower your dairy. Mm. And from there, you kind of discover what your body rejects um from that so at first you're kind of supposed to have none of that i wasn't able to do the none of it thing i was just like i'll do low and i don't even know if that would really work but i could tell that that system that way of eating was making like my digestive tract way run way faster so it was doing something good for my body um, I lost seven pounds while doing that without the intention of losing weight. Uh, so definitely said something like, oh, okay. So your body does hold on to stuff if you do eat more dairy and more gluten and sugar and stuff. And um, so, you know, yeah, I'm taking steps. And I have like all these supplements too that are supposed to bring down your inflammation and maybe like balance out your hormone levels. But also it's summer 
and I like want to have some fruity drinks by the beach. I want to have barbecue. I want to go out to dinner with my friends. And I'm not going to say no to that because mm-hmm. a pimple may show up in a couple of weeks because of it. Yeah. It's just not worth it. No, absolutely mm-hmm. not. Screw that. You got to yeah. maybe if pimple. But you can't <laughs> live in pimple. Yeah, you can't live in fear like that. I think the no. worst thing about the acne though is adult acne is just because like you grow up and you never really hear about cystic acne or hormonal acne. At least for me, I was like, what is this? I didn't struggle with acne as a teenager when most people were. Mm-hmm. It was just like in my adult life. And it just, I, <laughs> it wasn't something I was prepared for. It's definitely something that girls get that guys don't really get in their, tw- you know, like guys, mm-hmm. if they have acne issues, it started early and it continues until they figure out what works for them. With girls, it's so common to, to pop up in your in your 20s. It's all because of hormones. It's crazy. Yeah, that happened to me in like my early 20s. I had never had acne in like high school, anything. So I was like, "Woo, I made it. I'm in the clear. And then my skin freaked out. It yeah. was unlike anything I've ever experienced. And it really does knock your confidence. So like, I feel so sympathetic for people who are dealing with that because it it, it is, it, it's hard and it's a struggle to overcome that and be confident when you, that's like the only thing on your mind. Yeah, completely agree. Have you also had to deal with body scrutiny while being in the public eye? I feel like I've always been, I've always been pretty body confident and I have to kind of like give myself props for that. I've never been the girl that like says, Oh, I'm too fat for that. Or like, I can't wear that because of this. Of course, like I'll talk about my stretch marks ever here and here and again, um, my cellulite or like the fact that I'd be like, my butt looks flat today, but it never really like hits my soul. If that makes sense. Like I'm like, Oh, that's annoying. But like, I don't like concentrate on it beyond that one moment in the mirror. Um, I'll be like, my knees look fat. Like my knees are my, my, (laughs) That's my body weakness. That's so lame. But like, I have these like chubby knees and that's what I make fun of myself for. And sometimes I find myself being like, you need to have a dress that goes below the knee or like you have to wear pants to this, but it doesn't really go beyond that. I mean, you learn to, you learn to dress for your body shape too. And that's what, that makes you feel the most confident um, when you're like, okay, this is, hugging the curves just right. This is really emphasizing my favorite parts of my body. I think that's so important. I think that that's something that we both always share is that like, you don't necessarily have to love every single part of yourself or every single part of your body, right? Mm-hmm. Especially like that's something you learn on your confidence journey. But as long as you can look in the mirror and accept every part of yourself, I think like that is the goal. And then just praise and accept you know, and relish in the stuff that you love about yourself instead. And it's so funny because no one would ever look at you and be like, oh my gosh, right? Have you seen her knees? Um, We are our worst critics. And it's like a good reminder that like, you know, to be totally honest, like someone like I could look at you and be like, oh my God, she has my dream body. Our body is insane in the best way. But like we (laughs) all have something, no matter if you're like a size zero or a size 22, like no matter what, like we as women, we all have something that we always have to continue to like work on and accept because we're, we're human and we're, we're, we're not never going to be perfect. And we hold ourselves to a standard of perfection, which is something as women, it's just exhausting and we got to work on. 
We definitely do. You know what actually does affect me? This is less body and more face if there's a difference there. But those, you know, those Instagram accounts where they take a beautiful celebrity and they make her even prettier. Like they make her look like they Photoshop her face to like to unreal status. I don't, you guys don't know these. No, we're, no. we're looking at Ashley right now. Like, like she's crazy. Found it. <laughs> so Wait. they take like Angelina Jolie and Kylie and like Kendall Jenner and they'll like combine their faces. And then they do this like airbrushing shit over it. And they like lift their brows even more and plump their lips and make their cheekbones. Even. It's crazy. And those things make me feel those those things are like wow how do i get myself to look like that and you're like oh that's not even a real person girl you need to unfollow that account yeah no 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 <laughs> unfollow that i'm like if no but you i kind of know what my, you mean uh, it's, on your it's, explore I don't even follow them. it's on my like browse page oh i hate that you're like i don't want this I kind of had the same um, reaction to something the other day, but it was an Instagram filter. Do you guys know the top model filter? Oh my gosh. Okay. So it's this filter that a lot of people, a lot of influencers use it. Mm -hmm. And I have this group chat with like some of my best friends from college. And one of them was like, oh, I found a filter that I actually really like. It doesn't change your face too much, but it just slims down your nose and makes your lips look a little bigger. (laughs) And I actually really like it. Is it bad that I love the way I look? I love the way I look with this filter on. And I was like, oh, I've seen that okay. filter before. Yeah. And I tried it again and I took a photo and I was like, damn, I look good with this filter on. <laughs> and it made me like, it, it definitely made me feel a little insecure. And I showed it to Steve. I was like, Steve, look how much better I look with a skinnier nose and big lips. He's like, what the hell is that? Turn that thing off. And, but it's true. Like that you could see those cool. things and it's easy to put that on your face and start to compare. So I can imagine like, yes, it's, and, but that's not real. That is literally fake. That's called top Californian look. Oh, I have that one too. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, I thought I looked good today, but then I realized that like I could look better. You're like, oh, I love how your friend said like, oh, it doesn't change your face too much. It just does all of these things to completely change your face. (laughs) I know. Exactly. Oh my gosh. I came across one the other day where it was like Facetune video or something. Oh yeah. So then you like put your video through the Facetune video filter. And then all of a sudden they like had the before and after where what this girl looks like. It was an advertisement in Instagram. And then I'm like, okay, so how many of the girls that I follow use this? I don't even know. And so I'm watching their stories and being like, how can I look like them? And then I realized that they're just filtered all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually think it's really dangerous to be honest with you, just to like the female psyche in general and especially like to young women. I know like I've used that top model filter like just to show Steve a photo and send it to my friends, but I am very conscious of trying to use filters like that online because I just it's not reality and to show people that and also the same thing with like Facetune and like editing photos and images. Like if I have like a stain on my shirt, like I'm going to remove that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm not going to remove like my stretch marks or like change my body. And I, I think that it's such a dangerous path to start doing things like that because then you start realizing that you're, you're not okay with yourself. You're not accepting yourself and you're, you're mm-hmm. constantly trying to alter yourself. Um, yeah. it, it just, it, it's just not okay. 
you know, those accounts where they show like the celebrity's body without the Instagram, without the like Facetune or the Photoshop, and then they show you right next to it the body, that like the celeb face and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But then you're like, what made them think that they needed to pull in their abs anymore? Yeah, or, like pull out their butt anymore? It's like I'm pretty sure that that difference was so subtle. And the fact that you thought that you had to go in there to do that is crazy. But it also makes me so sad because obviously they're under such like scrutiny from people that they feel like they need to do that. And yeah, yeah, it's just, and I I think it's just a very, very slippery slope. And I've seen that same Facetune ad for the video that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And my mind was blown because I thought like video, I was like, okay, now we're we're real, we're raw. But I'm like, oh shit. No, we're not. <laughs> this is crazy. I've seen it a number of times. And the other day I was like, okay, I'm actually like, this is making me want to be the opposite and making me want to be in like show off my imperfections. So that's what I went on this like whole Insta story questions thing. And I'd like made silly faces in each one of them, like completely showing off my melasma. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> and people probably <laughs> were like, thank goodness. Yeah. I was like, okay, let's be really real. Let's let's talk about the fact that um, like the most outrageous things with this Insta story. Somebody asked me in the questions. They're like, "What's your favorite vaginal wash?" I was like, "I like the peach vagicil." <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I'm just gonna go full throttle right now. I said, "Bet you didn't think I was gonna answer this question." Oh my gosh, that is amazing. Um, Ashley, you obviously are happily married right now, but you were very openly single for a long time, chasing mm-hmm. love. Do you feel like some of your confidence comes with being secure in a relationship or did you have that confidence as single Ashley as well? I feel like physically I've always felt pretty good. I had like a lot of physical confidence and I also have always liked my personality and been like, oh yeah, I'm the kind of person that I can see somebody wanting to be with, but I was insecure for a very long time because I didn't have a boyfriend because it seemed like every guy that I liked liked me back like enough to like hook up with me every now and then, but not like to commit to me. So then once that happened so many times, I started to be like, okay, now I'm insecure about the amount of experience I've had at this age. And that came out a lot on the show where it was like, how far, how have I come this far without a guy wanting to commit to me? I was like, I think I have a good enough personality, but that's when I kind of started to scrutinize myself. That makes any sense. Yeah, it does. Ray, do you feel like that? Because I I think that for me, honestly, like I've been in a long-term relationship for a while. And like you said, Ashley, I definitely, I felt very similar in the sense where I was like, I'm cool. I'm yeah. cute. Like, honestly, <laughs> I'm a pretty good package here. Yeah. Like, a guy would be lucky to have me. I felt like that too. Yeah. And definitely when you're like, okay, but how come all of my other friends have boyfriends and I don't? Then you're like, you start to question yourself. I've, I've been in a relationship for a long time, right? You got out of a relationship recently too. Do you feel like you held some of your confidence and like value on yourself, like based on the relationship that you were in? I think definitely being, being single, um, while I was in a relationship, I was in a relationship for seven years. I was like, oh my, like very, very secure in in myself. And I really thought I had it all figured out. And then when I'm single and starting 
to date, I'm realizing I really don't have it all figured out. And I have a lot of work to do on myself really before I know that I'm ready for another serious relationship. Because as you start thinking about like what you want in a partner, you have to realize like, okay, where do you fall on these things that you're judging you know, them on. And it's, it makes you realize that maybe you actually don't know yourself as well as you thought. And, uh, you know, dating is, can, can be hard. It can be fun, but it can also make you question, like, if they don't text you back, like, oh, did he did I say something wrong? Like, I am an overthinker, which I think has made me not lose confidence, but kind of shaken my confidence in the fact that I just overthink every little thing in yeah. dating. Yes. Um, it was the, yeah, it's really hard to describe because like, I always felt confident with myself. And yet for some reason I would get the only thing that would make me not confident was just the world of dating because there is Mm. so much to analyze. Did you do a lot of online dating too, or no? I wouldn't say I did a lot. I mean, I, I did, I went on app dates. Okay. Well, that's, that's some. Yeah. And I, I think it's like one question we got, um, we've gotten a few times is how to not put your value into attention from men, which is something I still struggle with because we all like to have male attention. We all want guys to like us. And I think it's, it's something that you have to work on, but like, is there anything you do that like reminds you to not, or when you were single to not put all of your value into what you receive from men? That's a good question. I know I sprung that one on you. (laughs) I don't know that I did anything. I don't even know if I don't, I don't know how to answer that question. What do you think? What do you guys do? Do you feel like you get your confidence or men? I, I don't think I've got, I mean, definitely if I'm, if, if you're like feeling good and like men are complimenting you or like people are chasing after you, of course that leads to confidence. I think something for me is like, I've held so much confidence in my success as far as like career and work related things. Mm. And I think that has definitely helped me strive. Even if I wasn't at like a job that I loved, like for instance, I was a stylist at Nordstrom for so long and um, that's not what I wanted to do full time, but I had the highest sales in the store and like making sure I achieved that, like gave me so much confidence. So I feel like for me, like it's about career success and financial success that I can get a lot of confidence from um, that's separate from mm-hmm. men. I will say that when I like started to really feel like I got my groove on in LA, like I was having a lot of opportunities. I had my hand, my foot in a lot of doors and I was just really enjoying being with myself. That's when guys always come around, you know, cause they can sense the confidence that your life, you feel like your life is complete without them. Yeah. I think that's huge. And I think having so many role models, like, like you, Ashley, who are, you know, focusing on career, like you said, Christina, and, you know, doing something you're passionate about. And I think naturally you will then start to care less about your validation from men. But like Mm -hmm. I said, that's way easier said than done. I still really struggle with it as a newly single, like woman in her twenties dating. Um, So you just have to, I think where you put your time and energy, that's where like, you're going to thrive and you just have to work on being your best self. And when the right, when the time comes, a man will be there. Absolutely. Or woman. So often it is when you're not looking for them and that you are focusing on yourself as cliche as that sounds. It often happens like that. 
Well, I hope so. Cause I'm spending a lot of time alone, working on myself, working on work stuff. I'm like, okay, um, when is this going to happen? <laughs> It'll happen. Wait, Ashley, have you read the book? Why men love bitches? No, but I think you told me to read it. <laughs> okay. So we are actually going to have the author Sherry Argov on our podcast coming up. So I'm so, so excited cool. for that, but Ray is reading it right now. And I remember telling you to read it because you literally have done the opposite of, I feel like everything in the <laughs> yeah. book and you have found your man and you got him. And I just feel like you kind of broke the rules, the relationship rules or the dating rules that people say to do like, don't be too honest. Don't tell the guy how much you like him. Yeah. Play hard to get. I mean, how do you feel about like being a rule breaker and are there really any rules when it comes to love and dating? Yes and no. I feel like the rules that she gives in the book, like being a little bit standoffish, not showing too much interest. For the most part, those do work. Um, but I also think that I kind of followed the rules in the way that like, once you let that person go, if it's meant to be, they'll come back. You put your focus on you, you, and then then it's up to them to decide whether they need you in their life or not. That's if there's somebody in your mind. I do feel like I'm the exception to the rule, as they say in He's Just Not That Into You. Like, normally, it's just not going to work out the way it did for me. Like, if your friend, if your best friend, and he says he doesn't want to be with you for a, over a year, over, over a year, and people who are in your community are like, it's not going to happen. This is just, you have to move on. Yeah. The, the chances are the guy's probably not that into you and you should move on. But when you do move on, you'll get your answer as to whether or not like he has feelings or not. So I always tell people, I'm like, Hey, if uh, you want to test your, the guy that you are interested in feelings, just like go date somebody else. And if you can't, if you can deal with it, then probably isn't that into you. But if, if uh, that might be the moment that he wakes up. Mm. I saw this quote that was like, if, Oh, I'm going to butcher it. It was like, if you're confused, it's not meant to be because there's like so much confusion around. Oh my gosh. Does he like me? I agree. I pretty much always agree. Like 85% of the time, if you're confused, it's probably a bad sign. Mm -hmm. But I was confused and I, but there was something in my gut that just kept saying like, no, there's more here. There's way more here. So again, exception to the rule. <laughs> I would, if I were a girl and I, and I was, I was, if I was a single girl like you right now, I'd be probably following the rules of the book. Um, I think men have a tendency of uh, responding well to hard to get, but you know, it, I'm not too much of a, an exception to the rule in that case, because once I was hard to get, he came around. It's so true. At the end of the day, you kind of, you kind of did follow it. Yeah. At, at the, the end, end of the day, day. <laughs> I wish I could say I was a total rule breaker and that he just wanted me as I cried and, and followed him like a sad puppy, but that's not how it went. I love that. You did not give up. <laughs> Thanks. No, but I, I think that's a lesson too, though, in persistence and just being like 
confident in the fact of like owning who you are and knowing what you want and being okay with saying that. And as much as it's probably very easy for people to look at you and be like, oh, she's so emotional and be very critical of that. Um, being able to be open with your feelings and express that is not easy. And that's so important. And especially as you get into relationships, I think communication is everything. So at least, you know, you're having a very good, honest foundation to begin with. Yeah, I can't lie. Like, I can't lie. My emotion will be on my face coming out of my eyes. So just let it flow. It's going to be more awkward to hold back. I love that. There's no questioning what you feel. (laughs) It is all out on the table. (laughs) Ashley, as we wrap up, do you have any tips that you can share for our audience, for our listeners on just being authentically themselves, owning who they are and striving for that confidence? Yeah. I feel like nobody likes... Nobody... You're always going to be more liked when you are completely yourself. People who try to put on a front are usually the ones that people feel like they they can't connect to. So if you're just struggling to just like let yourself just be out there, just remember that people are going to relate to you more. They're going to find you easier to talk to if you just let your soul shine through. I love that. And I think that just that doesn't mean online or that doesn't mean if you're a public figure. That could be in your friend group, that can be at work, that could be in anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Let your soul shine through. That's <laughs> gonna be like our new motto. <laughs> Let your soul shine through. I love so Ashley, what is next for you? Are you guys gonna get on the baby making train? Can we have kids together, please? I guess so. I mean, you're definitely your kids definitely gonna be a little bit older than mine, but we'll see. Okay, it's okay. That's that's the plan. I'm so excited. What <laughs> Jared's else? like is Jared's like so like we're really gonna do this? And I'm like, well, we've put it off for already almost a year. <laughs> so yeah, we should probably just really do this. <laughs> oh my gosh, stop! You're gonna be so excited. You guys are gonna be the cutest parents ever. It'll be <laughs> so much fun, and they'll have a little Christina and Steve friend. That'll be really, really awesome. <laughs> we would love that. I know. I want the kids to be around the age of our friends' kids. So it's about time. It's about time. <laughs> Get moving, girl. Um, where can everyone find you? And what are you working on right now that people can check you out on? Well, Jared and I are working on a few ideas right now. Ooh. Um, they're in the very beginning stages. Are so they, I'm not going to talk about that. Are they TV uh, show ideas, though? Maybe. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> but, you know, there's so, everybody has a TV show idea, right? And what 2% ever like make it to a network to see. So like, I just don't, I'm just not fond of like putting the ideas out there until like, there's something like actually, actually like paperwork signed. Mm. Um, but right now they can just follow us on Instagram. It's at actually underscore Iconetti. And if you guys have kiddos out there buy our children's book, Lucy and Clark, a story of puppy love. It talks about so um, it's, it's it's really about like making friends. Uh, it can be as simple as making friends in the playground, or you can take the lesson as deep as um, getting out of your comfort zone and the magic that happens when you do. I don't have kids, but I'm going to get it. That sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm going to buy it for my baby. That's so sweet. Yeah, that I, I will give you a copy. That's adorable. That'd oh, that's so cute. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us. Um, 
come back to LA soon so we could hang out in real life. We'll be there in September. Hi. Yeah, thank you so much for being so open. This was amazing. And I can't wait to meet you IRL. My pleasure. I can't wait to meet you. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Ash. Tell Jerry we say hi. Guys, bye. All right, bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes on our website, theconfidentcollective.com and find us on Instagram at Confident Collective. And if you really loved what you heard, screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it in your stories and don't forget to tag us. 